0: to another edition of the No Further Comments Podcast. This is our special Basketball Insider Edition, episode number five of the Basketball Insider Edition. and We have a special guest here today, which I'm going to get into here in a second. But uh, first, let me promote a couple things on social media. You can follow us at NFC Podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. So, this episode, we're going to cover a couple things. We're going to talk about high school hoops with our special guest. We're going to talk about college basketball, a little UC talk, maybe a little Xavier talk. I don't know, boo. Uh, And also, if we have time, we'll jump into the NBA and talk about the polarizing LeBron James saga that just keeps going on and on. Will LeBron end up a Laker next year? All right, we're going to get to all that. But first, I'd like to introduce our special guest here today, senior point guard from McNick High School, Ryan Reedy. What's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. i got it. a lot of questions for you. Sure. Okay. And there are a lot of things, I think, about your story from the time you started high school as a freshman to where you are now that I think will be very helpful for a lot of kids going into high school, but also kids that are going through the recruiting process. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about first, you played AU basketball for Shining Star, the organization that I run. You played for Coach Mike Price, and you were with us for how many years? Since
1: I met you seventh grade here, so yeah, since seventh grade.
0: Wow, Yeah. so for, for a long time. For sure. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about AU uh, a little later, but uh, first off, congrats on your season so far this year. You guys, McNick High School basketball, and you as an individual have had a great season. Uh, you want to talk a little
1: bit about it? Yeah, um, I don't know. We knew going the season we could have a good team. We had a good, solid senior class, and obviously we we're motivated because last year we had a solid team, and we got bounced out early by Mount Healthy, yep. first round of the playoffs, and obviously everyone, not to be cliche, but everyone's like doubting us, so we had a chip on our shoulders. Right. Yeah. Nice. So talk about your teammates, the, the makeup of the team this year, and what's different about this team Compared to last year's team, so overall as a group, one thing that we have talked about as a team is there's no like division. Like we have a sophomore, three juniors, and then six seniors, but it's not like it's the seniors and then everyone else, or the the right. classmen. Then click exactly click over here. Exactly, click, yeah. so it's just like honestly, just one whole team, and like just to go break down the roster. Like Burdick, me and Cole have always like at first it was weird in high school because me and him always went at it, GA versus IChem. Yeah. That tri state rivalry for grade school. Right. And uh, I know going to high school, we could have, like, probably a good career together. And we really clicked this year so far. And he's always been a good kind of compliment to my game. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. And he's also a very good football player. Exactly. Overall right. athlete. His whole family, actually. Yeah. His sister is Toledo for soccer. His dad played at UC. Yep. So and I know his dad well. Yeah.
0: And his dad, no matter the weather, his dad has All on shorts. shorts. Yeah. I saw him the other day, and yeah. it was so cold outside. And I'm like, "Yeah, bro, you've got to put on some pants,
1: no. man." Football games when uh, we're out in the cold, what, late November, October, he's still rocking those. <laughs> he had the sports coat on and the shorts. Do <laughs> you know what his, You know what he told
0: me? The reason why he can get away with it. I've never it. asked him that. So he told me that he's had so many knee surgeries, and that his both of his knees and legs have been damaged so much, he doesn't even feel anything anymore. So he doesn't is? even care. That's what he said. I'm like <laughs> that, that, that. Sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's a good dude, and yeah. obviously his, his son has had a, a great season as well, and a, a great compliment to your game. So, speak
1: about some of the other seniors. So, Michael Lang, he's been with us varsity yeah. level since sophomore year, and that's another guy from around here, St. Thomas Moore. and he knows baseball, his, ba- baseball, yeah, big yeah, baseball, Ohio Dominican, yeah, yeah D two, yeah, and uh, for still another athlete on the team, but he knows his role. That's one of the things like everyone's accepts a role and he knows he's one his best way to help out the team is defense mm-hmm. and when whenever we go down the Skyrim and like we you know who the best player is Langs always on him yep. he, he'll waste all his energy on defense and then he won't force anything on offense
0: well you know when I came to watch you guys play my, my alma mater Roger Bacon yeah at Roger Bacon uh, you were sick fever you yeah. played yeah, but, flow, you, but you were yeah. sick and you didn't start. You came in a little bit later, but Michael had some important baskets early. Like, he played tough
1: Yeah, the early part of that game. He knows his game, too. Like, we always joke he's not nearly the most skilled player on the team. Right. But one thing, he's smart on offense. He He's more like a slasher, so mm-hmm. he knows his role. And then that brings me to Belmont. So uh, when I was here, he filled my role as starter. Brian Belmont. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's a, he's a good energy guy. Defense, he's really improved this year. He's always had a good shot and he's just another playmaker for us. Yep. And other seniors, uh, Matt Nugel, he's kind of like Lang, too. The thing about him is it's more confidence for him, but he, he knows his role. He's not going to get the most minutes, but whenever he's in practice or in the game, he's going to give the most effort. And we mm-hmm. know that. We don't have to question it. Right. Really. And whenever he goes in, he's always on the best defender. And if it's two minutes, 10 minutes, he'll give it all. And James yep. Ellers, that's one of the ones who I think's like really stepped us for this year. Cause yeah. sophomore year, he didn't get much minutes because there's some more bigs in front of him, obviously. And but he Nate,
0: w- Nate Bruno, Nate Bruno, Bruno right
1: yeah. And then uh, he re- stepped up the Go Statterman ahead. from a uh, yep, 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 yep. And uh, so he's sophomore in the playoffs. He went off, and then juniors he had up and down. So we're like, all right, which James are we gonna mm-hmm. get? And then this year he's been just consistent overall. Whether always guarding the Best big Maryland team, hitting big shots for us, and then just overall. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah, I would
0: agree with that assessment. I've known him, James, since he was a little kid, and he played AU for us at one point. So, and one thing about him, he's such a nice kid. Yeah. And sometimes on the court, he's genuine he's Too nice, yeah. right? Yeah. And and this year though, I think he's been like, in some cases, he's been. The, obviously, you've been a huge part of it, but he's been the difference. And yeah. you guys definitely being an X factor here to do it, right? Yeah. Yep absolutely so uh what about what about talk about coach uh monahan and what he's done this year for you guys i mean you guys at one point i think going into was it the purcell game you guys were undefeated 13-0 yeah right yeah so so what what was his just the start of the season all the way to that game, you guys being undefeated, so what's he telling you what's I mean obviously he instilled a lot of confidence in you guys and gave you a lot of gave you the keys to the car right yeah. to, to drive yeah.
1: this whole thing for sure, so like I said before, he didn't have to get much motivation for us knowing like how much I guess a letdown the season was before mm-hmm. and if you ask him, he'll be honest, like he didn't even know if we we're going to start like two and one. And then we end up going 13-0, losing yeah. losing Purcell. But one way, like, we kept that going was, one, like, one of, the, I think, his biggest strengths is pre- preparation. He'll give, like, the best scouting report, you know, one through, fi- 1 through 15, the other mm-hmm. team's roster, strengths, weaknesses, how we're going to guard them, He knows their sets, he'll, like, stress on that. And, like, going in the game, like, right when we, we hear a call, like, it could be fist like, we know the action right. Right from the start. Right, right. And then just taking it game by game. He's a big stats guy. Yeah. And like he would just kind of, he wouldn't want to emphasize it, but he would kind of make each game th- I mean that much more. Like, for example, uh, we'll go with bacon. So okay, he's, you're he's all in Yeah. When well, uh, we've played them the second time, he like let us know before the game like we haven't swept bacon since 08 so Yeah. Like, well, that's been like 10 years. So just and. I could have told you that too, but go ahead. I mean, yeah. we <laughs> we'll st- talk about our bet later. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll talk get about that. that. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and just taking a game by game, uh, I think that's one thing that's important because he really does treat each game, and like he let us know every day, like when we're on a winning streak, too, that what we did in the past games isn't gonna do anything for the game that the we're about to play. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And and, and the one thing, and don't
0: don't take this um, offensively or anything, but you guys don't have a LeBron James, you don't have a Kevin Durant type skies, of player. It's all the guys, 6'4". Yes. And Ayler, so, yeah. so you guys, your, your preparation for scouting and execution and understanding the numbers is so very important so what I think is Monahan's strength in that really helped you guys to get to that undefeated you know 13-0 at that point because <clears throat> I mean he really squeezed that lemon to make lemonade getting meaning he was getting the most out of you guys sure. and there's one thing i will say every time and i, I know i give you a hard time about playing bacon but you guys always usually play bacon very tough, tough. Yeah. and i attribute that to you guys being prepared yeah and that's that comes back to good coaching good leadership you know from the from the players so um let's talk a little bit about you as far as a, an evolution um, as a player, so going into your freshman year, all the way to your to your senior year, like what's what's been the what's been the difference? How did you go from um, you play a little varsity
1: freshman as a year. freshman? Started halfway. Okay, down the line. Yeah. So so about halfway through the season, you started. Yeah, about a little past halfway before the ter- tournament started up. Yeah.
0: In 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 four, and I I'm I'm was definitely someone I, I'm guilty of this, but. There were a lot of people that would tell you early on in your career, shoot the ball more, be more aggressive. (laughs) Like you heard that over and over. Your mom said it so many times; it became (laughs) part of her. Like that was part of her speech every day. Yeah. Um, I would I would tell you when I would go and watch, and so and I always would tell your mom. It's like. He, he's going to develop that, but he's going to develop it at his speed, like at his pace. And she's always like, "What's well, going to be too late. You know, I'm like, "Yeah, he'll, he'll develop. And you did. I mean, you, you, you finally, you know, arrived at that point. But how did you evolve as a player? What, what went
1: through your mind and just, just what changed? So freshman year, I didn't think I, like, I was kind of surprised that I made full-time varsity. Mm-hmm. It was awesome and everything. And uh, really my role then was backup point guard give Kent, who was the starting point guard, give him some breaks here and there, bring up the ball. And then the coaches still wanted me to be aggressive, but obviously kind of just focused on being a table setter for the team. Right. And then next year we lost about, I think, five seniors. And that's when I knew, like, okay, like this is like starting to be my team. We're gonna have mm-hmm. to step up a little bit more. And like one of the ways, like from freshman year to here, like you said, I really stepped up. It was, like just really the off seasons. Like, there's nights, Saturday nights, past off season where I would get get in the McNick, get out on the gun, take 500 shots, mm-hmm. emphasize ball handling, and another one is just waking up in the morning or off days, just get, get in the weight room, add on the weight, yeah, able to compete at the highest level. And I would just say, like, it, not to be like selfish or anything, but from the like, success I've gotten so far this year, tribute to all the offseason work I've done. In, in the off-season
0: work, as you talk about, is so very important. If I will say there's one thing about you, and that is no one can ever criticize your work ethic. Like you were, and you probably get that from your, your parents, but you, you're always in the gym. You're, you're working and perfecting your craft. And I think that's probably part of the frustration that your mom would get is exactly. like he's in the gym shooting every day to 9 p.m and then he gets in the game and he won't take that <laughs> yeah so does that sound like what that's she said exactly her. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean I, I I get that and that's true I mean there were times that you would be at Mercy Healthplex and Anderson shooting the basketball until it was time to
1: leave you know until, down. yeah yeah so and, uh, yeah I would just say like kind of junior like I, my game coach Mike Price kind of harps on this like i kind of see myself more as a true point guard Mm -hmm. so i still should look to score but sometimes it's not scoring first but like this year the senior year like what like went through my head just going this season like i put in all these hours like all this time in the off season like i i pass up on a lot of opportunities just to get in the gym so like why not just let it all out yeah i don't really worry about what people say but like I just thought to myself why not this year Sure. and then it's more just this year especially more just a mental case that all just plays out from there. You, you,
0: I, like I told your mom you, you'll discover it at your pace like when you're, when you're ready and you, you find that time you'll find it because it, it's a sign to me when a kid works out late at night every single night like you were you want it bad enough like your mom and dad weren't there at the gym it was just you. Shooting on your own, you know, mentally going through things, you know, just shooting the basketball, visualizing things. So that told me right there how bad you wanted it. So it was just a matter of time before everything synced up. Yeah. And it, and it did this year. Sure. Um, now, what would you say? So let's say, okay, let's say there's a there's a young kid out there. He's an eighth grader. Let's say he's at you know, IHMGA Nagel or somewhere, and he's going into high school. And he's a guard like yourself. And now that you've been through the process, what would you advise that kid to concentrate and work on as they enter high school, so that they're better prepared their senior
1: year? Yeah. So, like I said, um, just the little things. Like you hear a lot from a lot of people, but like eventually you gotta get committed to the weight room, because mm-hmm. that's how you. That's just how you get above everyone else, and that's how you get recognized as one of the top people just that just gives you the advantage over everything and one thing with lifting weights so
0: some of the high school games I go to like if I see a kid on the floor who's you know got his um, jersey on no no t-shirt underneath and he looks strong and cut there's there's an edge yeah I think in some ways like you've you've put on weight you've gotten stronger so when you step on the court it gives you an edge
1: over someone maybe that's not lifting. And they know they know like they can just see like okay this guy's yeah. committed. Like you could see like right ready to go and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh and like like nothing's going to be perfect. Like I went through so many ups and downs through my high school career like sophomore year, I think we were like 9 and 15. Mm-hmm. And I just had a lot of ups and downs just like going from backup point guard to playing 30 minutes a game sophomore year. In junior year, I mean, started out well, and then sprained my ankle. And then it was just like up and down from there. And uh, I mean, you just gotta focus on little things. Just keep your head through the hard times. Always work on just little things like ball handling. I try to do that every day. If you can handle the ball and play defense, that'll bring you a lot of ways. And then,
0: like this year,
1: I've been really trying to work on my shot more, get it off quicker, be more efficient. And you've mentioned it before in my game my type of game like when i look the score i'm not trying to force shots up i'm trying to score within the system, system. Or the offense absolutely. So, yeah. absolutely so don't try to get out your comfort zone and anything but when you're playing the game but when you're working out and everything try to expand your comfort zone i guess
0: so when you when you would work out and you'd be there by yourself would you just like visualize somebody guarding you or
1: what what would, or are you just are you thinking about game situations and how you make your moves yeah like Trying to work on simple moves and then just have a counter to this primary move, counter to counter. Mm-hmm. Just like, like you said, visualize the game, how would the defense rotate, and just trying to create more space, just little things like that. If I
0: had a son, and my son was, was a young guard, I would have
1: him watch James Harden. Exactly. Is, is, like, I don't know if he, it has to be intentional, but everything he does is so, like, detailed. His footwork, yeah. And it could be just, He once he sees, honestly, like, here all the time, like, defense on their heels, that's when he knows he has them. And They're he, done. And he can create just the most little space, but shots quick enough and everything. Yep. He knows how to get inside the defender. That's why he gets the free throw line so much, but yeah. He and I don't think people like like you.
0: You work out a lot. You work on your game. Like you get in the gym and you work on going off the dribble and shot. So you understand when you watch James Harden how difficult what he's doing is and how much time he's put into yeah, that. detail. everything's intentional.
1: He does it like is. when he's dribbling up top, just the. Some people was like, alright he's dribbling too much, but he's really just reading the defense. Setting them up. Reads their footwork and sees how like it's just everything's detailed with him. Absolutely. Yeah. You you touched on something I wanna I wanna hit real quick and that's uh
0: defense. Um a lot of kids come in the gym and they dribble and they shoot. And I don't think they spend enough time concentrating on defense, either studying defense, like like when you when you get ready to play, um, you know, Roger Bacon we've talked about quite a bit, or Baden or someone, and you you gotta guard their best player, and you've gotta know their tendencies. So, you know, this guy, his strong suit is he likes to go left off one dribble and pull up, and you've gotta, you've gotta know, you've gotta cut him off and things like that. I think that's honestly what I see in high school basketball, and you tell me if you agree with this, but there are a lot of good offensive players, but you don't see a lot of players that are dedicated to both sides right that are really dedicated to studying yeah i can study the footwork of how i need to make these moves offensively but am i learning how to cut this defender off what are you know if i'm playing him in the post is he turning left shoulder right shoulder things like that you agree with that
1: yeah for sure i mean comes down to watching film yeah and like you said tendencies like some of the players this year like, there's some players that are, like, sometimes with me, I'm right-handed, but I favor left-hand driving. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it is. It's just how it is. I was the same way. Yeah. So, you just got to know their tendencies. And like you said, maybe they favor to step back. So, when they're driving into you, like, just anticipate it that mm-hmm. it's probably coming. Just know the habits and everything.
0: I think for me, I don't know if this is true for you, but I'm definitely right-handed, like, a... I'm definitely stronger in everything I do with my right hand, but I would love to drive to my left and finally I figured out it had a lot to do with my footwork. Like I felt more comfortable with my footwork going to my left. It helped me, you know, stepping with my right, leading, yeah. into, it just felt
1: strong, yeah, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. It's actually weird because that's exactly what it is. I kind of feel like my first step left. I don't know why, but it's like playing off my right back foot, mm-hmm. a lot more explosive going yep. to the left side. yep there. that's true. And there are a lot of right-handed players that, that
0: like to go left. So let's let's go back again to you entering as a freshman in high school. And like a lot of kids, you think about, I want to play Division One college basketball. A lot of times parents are like, I would love for my son to play Division 1 basketball. And sometimes parents want their kid to play Division 1 because they know their kid wants it bad, so they want it for, for them. But in other cases, sometimes parents want their kids to play D1 for their own ego. You yeah. know, oh, my son plays Division 1. But with you, and I know your parents aren't like that at all, if anything, your parents would want you to go play at whatever level that you want to play at because that's what you want. Fit, yeah. Yeah. So, what were your thoughts? Were you were you one of those kids that
1: said, "I want to be a D one player"? When you stepped into high yeah. school. So definitely grade school. I always want, thought about how sweet it'd be playing D one. Like yeah. I know you, you growing up, you want to play for UC. Yep. Want to want to play for XU, and uh, that's that's just a shame. We'll see how. <laughs> how doing well this year, but uh, <laughs> Huskies are doing well. We're gonna
0: talk about that. Yeah.
1: And uh, so then as I got older got more involved in a, more basketball, like AU. You see more talent. It's kind of a wake-up call, like, okay. One, like, if I do Excuse want to play that high level, like, I'm gonna have to put in a lot more work. And then two, like, maybe that won't come. So, like, going into the high school, it was more, maybe, like, low D1, or maybe, like, some D2 school. And then, uh, as I kept progressing, like, it wasn't like I got down about it, but, like, nothing was coming up just like n- not the knock on myself just like wasn't coming up yeah and uh and then once once it got rolling around junior year some schools reached out to me but it was mostly d3 uh-huh. and then when b- most people look at d3 they're like like that's probably just like uh the drop off after d1 d2 uh-huh. they can't offer money for right athletic scholarships <clears throat> but uh like roger bacon one of their one of the best players i ever played was craig mcgee and yeah he goes to rose holman right and i A would, D3? Yeah, and they're uh, they play like Mount St. Joe and all of them. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, like, okay, this he's one of the, probably one of the toughest defenders I face, one of the toughest people to defend, one of the smartest guys I know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly how his recruiting went, but I'm guessing there's probably some other looks he was getting. But he chose Rose Holman, which is D3, yep. and, ju- and just shows you like there's still really good basketball at D3. And when I was talking to him about it, and one of the reasons why I, I would probably def- prefer a good D3 over a good D2 is the academics are yep. amazing. Like they, the small private schools or liberal arts, the well-rounded education you get it really helps set you up for because basketball is not gonna last forever. Right. It helps set you up for after jobs. Like any any school I visited so far, the players that I talked to, they're like, yeah, like once you're done here, you're four years here, and you really commit to it and they see, like, okay, you're involved in basketball, too, it will set you up great for after whatever job you want.
0: Absolutely. And I, I do want to get a little bit more into the academic piece of the D3 in a second, but you said something that I think is important, and I don't want this to go by, and that is there are very, very good D3 basketball
1: players. Yeah, some of the best players, players like four years varsity, I've seen, like, obviously I've seen the D1s and everything, but mm-hmm. there's a ton of D3 players that I would never thought would... So so why why the misconception with you
0: know you get these kids who like you when you get into high school you say oh, oh it'd be great to play division 1 and you get to be a junior and some some kids s- still have visions of D1 and refuse to look at a D3 when it might come down to them playing at a D3 and they just don't even want to
1: want to look at that why why is that I think it's just probably just how other people like the perception of it,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: just the stereotypical, like you weren't good enough to make D2, D1. And there's plenty of people who are good enough, it, it, whether it's like exposure or they chose D3, like I said, because the academics just, and maybe it's just because of the ego, mm-hmm. like I deserve to be here or like, it's like maybe if you commit to a D3 school, like knock on the ego, other people see you. You're right? And like obviously yeah. there's still going to be always people saying, Oh, you're just like a D3 athlete. But if you really know basketball and you really look into it, you'll know that like some of the best players around your area are going to go to D3. And there's not a problem with that. So let's look at the academic piece.
0: So there are some D3s. I'll, I'll use an example, Chicago. Well, I've had, gosh, I think about six kids from my AU program go on to play at Chicago. Chicago is a is a is a very good D3 basketball team, but probably more importantly, it's a great school academically. To where, if you finish there, you know, playing for four years, finish up academically, you have a great resume going into life. Yeah, you know, and so as you currently right now, are you you're evaluating schools because you haven't made a decision yet. Unless you want to like make some right now some, some, some LeBron, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so yeah. Uh, <laughs> taking my talents. Yeah. Um, but no. So as you factor in the schools right now, let's say you get it down to you know your top three. Um, you know how do you how do you weigh all that with academics and basketball? Is it like, are you looking at it like they need to go hand in hand where basketball and academics are on the same level? Is academics going to be a little stronger? Like. I want, I'll want. go to a great um, D3 academic school, even if the basketball
1: program maybe isn't as great. So h- how are you evaluating? Does that make sense? Yeah. So like weighing options and everything. Yeah. So one of the main things I look at is <clears throat> try to put basketball to the side. Like well, obviously, I'm going there because I want to play. Like any athlete, any school they go to for college, like they want to go there for the sport. Yeah. Well, I really look at the campus, um, just like how – Things are on there. I try to put basketball aside like, okay, how will outside basketball, how will my life be here for the next four years that set me up? Right. Like for the rest of my life and everything. And that's one, just the social life and everything. And then academic wise, I'm looking like something maybe in business and see okay. the majors they do and they'll let you know like it's one of their top majors or like what they have set up for you afterwards. And then just basketball wise, like obviously do want like good basketball. I mean, luckily, most like programs i'm looking at right now they're doing well but uh, just like you said putting academics on top of that because i think one of the good things about d3 is like you hear with some d1 schools like some of the athletes like they can like slump off academics and uh-huh. like, they are held as accountable but right like you're at that d3 <coughs> and you're on scholarship for the academics yep. and then it comes athletics so i think like being making sure you're held accountable and still being challenged because like all the schools i'm looking at for d3 like their academics aren't just like pass by like they still want to challenge you Sure. and I think that's why once you get past basketball and you're done with college and they see oh you went to this great school and you bounced that with basketball that kind of puts you ahead of other people on that.
0: Absolutely and, and think about this too and this is a person that can give you my own personal experience. When you are five, ten years removed from playing college basketball Ryan People don't care what level you played at, let alone if you played a lot or were the star player. Yeah. You know, so and what I mean what I mean by that, let me let me make sure I explain this well. Not that they I mean, obviously people care. Kenyon Martin was was the best player when I was on the Bearcats team and they do care about that, him being one of the truly great players from UC. But, you know, I, my, my last year was, was, was 1999, and to this day now, people don't judge me for not playing a lot. right? I was a walk-on. I played maybe 32 minutes my whole career. That's not the conversation in 2018. Still of the experience and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. The conversation is, oh, my God, you played for Bob Huggins? What was that like? You played with Kenyon Martin, the number one player in the country. You know, almost everyone on your team went, professional NBA or overseas like that's the conversation it's like wow you must have done great things to be a part of that yeah and so with you going and playing at a D3 and playing for four years and you know hopefully you're fortunately uh, hopefully you're fortunate enough to be in a situation where you could be a team captain be a leader and all that stuff when you get a job or you you, you go in for an
1: interview it really does initiate a conversation it does you can connect us like that to tell an experience
0: absolutely yeah. and they'll look at it and go you know you you're, you're a job you hand them your resume and they go wow you played four years you know two year captain you know for whatever school it might be and d3 and wow that's that's very impressive because a lot of these businesses, they're breaking things down into teams. So if you work for, let's say, Procter & Gamble, for example, they have different teams within the company. Like, yeah. you're on the marketing team, you're the point guard of the marketing yeah. team, and you, it relates to basketball, so when they see that, they know you're a team player, and you, you're successful in that area. So, um, I, had, I just went on a long-winded...
1: Little, what I mean. Does just that like, make sense? Yeah, like, it, it, when they're looking at your resume and they're comparing to someone else, that can really put you ahead. Sure. Move yeah. it, move it right, right to the top. Yeah. You know, people love to talk sports. Yeah. And like you said, it's just, you still get the same experience any grind. Like yep. any other college level will get. It's not like there's a huge drop off, like they still will push you and everything. So. No doubt. Yeah. So, talking about today,
0: I know, I, I keep going, sorry to, sorry to pick on your mom here, but I, I know she's had conversations with me. And there are other kids and other parents in this situation. You haven't decided on what school you want to go and play at. And we are in February. Yeah. Uh, the tournament starts, you know, in 27th or 24th, whatever it is, of the month. We're close to that. Um, there are a lot of kids who have already decided where they're going. Um, schools are already making decisions on their rosters, moving forward, and things like that. And I'm sure your mom and dad, at times, probably so get my get, mom. Yeah, your mom gets yeah. frustrated. And, um, I, and sorry, Carolyn, I'm not not picking on you, but I'm I'm using her as an example that there are a lot of other parents that are going through this. So I'm trying to get into your mind to help them understand, and
1: and even the kids get a good picture. Why have you waited to this point? But, um, I mentioned before, like college. This goes even without sports, like it's gonna, re- those are four years, they're gonna set you up for whatever's after. Right. So, and it, you want it to be a good experience, so you don't want to rush a decision. You want to make sure it's the right fit. You want to make sure it's the right type of feel. Mm-hmm. Got when distance from home, and like if you're playing a sport, the coaching staff, if you really connect with them, the players. Yep. And if you rush your decision, and what, your first, second year comes around, you don't like it, like, you're gonna look back on it like, okay. Maybe I should have took my time, and even the coaches, like if they really want you, and for a sport, they'll wait on it. They're not going to push you. <clears throat> that's and, true. And they know, like, okay, you're busy with your season, so like, they'll still say, hey, we still want you. Like they'll kind of push you, but they know what, like you're busy with one thing, you're prior- prioritizing your your season for high school. Right. And then you, then after that, that's what I plan on doing. That's what I'm trying to numb it down, but just taking your time. Knowing that that's going to set you up for the rest of your life. But now you explain it to your mom, and she still. sometimes she'll listen, <laughs> you know, but uh, she's still pushing. But you, you got to expect that from parents. And oh, they want the best and for even you. Even for that, like I am parents, but there's gonna be like people outside, just random people trying to push you, maybe to go one place or trying to push you to finally make a decision. But you just gotta know your own priorities and just stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So when do you plan to make your decision? Whenever the season wraps up, um, probably take a couple more visits, each of the colleges. Um, just get a better feel, talk to some more of the players, see what they think about it. And uh, Very
0: underrated thing you just talked about. Yeah. I don't think enough players do that. And go and talk to, I always advise kids, go and talk to the best player and the kid that's getting the least amount exactly. of playing time.
1: Because obviously, like you said, the best player will speak so greatly of the program. He's playing a lot, getting the most shots. Yeah, and then one of the colleges I went to, I I talked to one of the people that probably didn't, he's probably like a ninth man on the team, and he's still saying, like, I still love it on the campus. I still love the team. Coaches care about you 1 through 15. And I think that really, like, puts one school ahead of the other if, like, all the players are dwelled in on the school. I agree.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that that takes me back to when I played at U.C. Our best player was Kenyon Martin, and the worst player was me. Yeah. Right. You, you'd have to strongly agree. I'm, with I'm that, I'm just Jeez. saying. Yeah. I know where you're leaning <laughs> to. Yeah. So you've you've got two two bookends, right? Yeah. And I would say Kenyon Martin was very happy with his experience, and I was thrilled with my experience. Yeah. And that says so a lot.
1: It does. And the players will they'll give you your honest opinion and like. They sure will. Yeah, I mean they'll speak. But if there's one thing that they don't like; they'll tell you. So I think that's important. It's getting a, like a true, honest feel. I've had kids
0: from the Shining Star AU program go and visit colleges, talk to a kid on the team that wasn't playing a lot, and he would tell that recruit, "Bro, don't come here. You yeah. won't like it." That really does. So that's yeah. back to you. They will tell you. You know he. Privately told him, "Don't come here. Here's what it's really like. Don't let the kid. Don't let the coach fill you with all this fluff. Yeah. This is what it's really like. You're
1: really not promise anything.
0: So yeah, yeah. But I, I think, like your your process, um, I applaud you for your process to, to come up with your decision because it's well thought out. You're thinking through it because it's a you, it's a it's a lifetime decision that you're making. And I and I and I don't mean this is not a criticism, but." some kids will go to a school and then not like it and transfer out and have to start over. Now, sometimes that's fine, but I'm often critical of those that do that that didn't do their research yeah. and, and jump the gun of of I'm going to this school because it's you know, D1 or whatever, I'm just going to do it. But they didn't think through everything.
1: Multiple options. like. Four or five schools. Like it really is important to take one or two visits down, so you can actually compare. Yep. And just like see the differences, see what stands out more here than there. So.
0: Yep, for yeah. sure. Well, good luck with your decision on that. Thank you. I'm sure you'll you'll make the right one, and your family would be a large part of helping you. Yep. decide. Decided. By the way, did you did you see? Uh, gosh, I want to say last week it was they had the college football signing. Yeah. And, you know, they do the oh. the big thing. You know where I'm going <laughs> to go with this. Let me, yeah. let, me, let me build it up, and then I'll let you answer that. So they let all these kids on ESPN, and they sit in front of the hats. And the kid at the time um, has a decision between Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee, right? Three very good yeah. schools. You know, you can't beat those three, especially yeah. from a football standpoint. You know, SEC schools. So um, he's got his mom to his, uh, uh, his to right. His right. Yeah. And he's got his family. Everybody's behind him. And he makes his decision to go to the University of Florida. She's wearing Alabama and Tennessee, but no Florida. No Florida. She had an Alabama sweatshirt, Tennessee yeah. uh, winter hat on. And when he chose Florida and put that hat on, she got up. And walked out. She gave him a look too, and on the gave way, him a look—a yeah. look that I don't. Uh, it, it became like a meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm thinking to myself, and the kid later on, gets up. Uh, and They let him talk to the crowd, and he starts to starts to cry. And it, I think it's. I think he cried for a couple different reasons. One, he cried because, you know, all of the, the time and work artwork. he's put into it, yeah. and he knows that his life's going to change um, from this point moving forward. But also, I think his mom not agreeing with his decision probably hurt him uh, in a lot of ways. And then she ended up coming around and, and hugging him, which she, she obviously, I think, my, my opinion, she needed to do. But my question was, like, how, how do you get to that stage and you're getting ready to make your announcement and your mom doesn't know
1: that's true yeah like that actually popped my mind like everything was going on it was like they're all talking about it's your son's life free education but like i feel like your family should be the first people to know
0: wouldn't you tell like could you imagine going and making a college decision and you haven't run it by your mom or dad
1: like that wouldn't happen with me because no chance if i was like a high d1 athlete and like i Xavier. You see, like they would definitely want to know before Absolutely. I told other people. Yeah, even like close friends, like that you can trust. Like, just let them know, hey, before you hear from anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things that actually threw me off too.
0: I, th- I thought 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 it was odd, but hey. Yeah. So I want to talk really quickly. Uh, I've got two more topics I want to talk about: college hoops, and then a little bit of the uh, NBA situation with LeBron. But with college hoops, we always talk about my beloved Cincinnati Bearcats who you are not a fan of because you're a musketeer fan. I don't know. That's only the only problem I have with your how your family raised you is they raised you a musketeer fan. <clears throat> I'm waiting right now. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> so since my uh, last podcast, the Bearcats beat UCF 77 to 40 at home, killed them. But they didn't have big uh uh, taco, 7 foot <laughs> 12 yeah, taco taco <laughs> no taco tuesday yeah <laughs> he went, and they, they actually played on tuesday night so no <laughs> really no taco tuesday um which i was happy about that win ryan because and you playing for mcnick and, and your coach you know, like we talked about is great with preparation and and, and monahan said if you do a, B, and C will win by a lot. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, Mick going into this UCF game says, "If you do A, B, and C, we'll win by a lot." And the Bearcats came out and they did that. They handled business, which which I love to see, coming out with the 77-40 to 40 victory. And also, what I loved was. When you get a big lead, especially in February, it gives an opportunity for your other guys to play that normally don't get a lot of minutes and, and build some confidence. Yeah. Well, your hope is so that when you need them. On the yes. Comes. Yeah. Because you, you never know. You get to the NCAA tournament. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets in foul trouble. You know, things bizarre things happen in March. Yeah. And you've got to rely on a guy who might not have played a lot. You know, during the season, yeah. so this was this was good from that standpoint. But a game that really worried me was their next game, uh, which was actually um, a Sunday night versus SMU at SMU. That's pathetic, but yeah. <laughs> I was worried about SMU because historically we haven't played great there. They've yeah. had better teams than this one, but. Um, I think from the the start to the finish we we handled we handled our business uh, wasn't the prettiest game in the first half but and they were down bizarre enough SMU, I forget how many scholarship guys they were down to, maybe like six oh, rather
1: in sanctions and everything. yeah
0: and then they had uh had a lot of injuries yeah and one guy. During
1: the walkthrough, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing this actually. Yeah, he yeah. got
0: he got hurt. Yeah, and he couldn't play, so they had like two walk-ons, and uh, another scholarship guy. they pretty much played six guys the entire game. It was just a matter of UC just kind of wearing them down. Yeah. just staying and the
1: course. Had, I don't like UC, but one thing I'll give is like they do have good depth. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you know. gave the Bearcats some one of strengths. I mean, how about that? I'm not as bad as my mom or dad, but man, I have to write that I, down. I recognize them. Yeah. Your mom might not
0: feed you tonight. She hears yeah. you gave
1: <laughs> UC credit. No, no food for you. Um,
0: but yeah, I love what I saw with these two games as far as uh, the margin of victory and how they uh, handled their business. So uh, the the things that I still worry about moving forward, UC and Xavier, for the first time ever in both programs' history. Bearcats and Musketeers are in the top five in the country. Now, listen, I'm not a poll guy. I could care what UC's ranked. It doesn't matter to me. What I care about is what's our seed going to be when, when they announce on March, whatever it is, for the NCAA tournament. What's our seed? Where are we going? You know, I don't want us to get that. Goofy six seven seed out in Montana wherever Bismar Idaho exactly. like I don't want that's just a recipe for a disaster. Let's let's get a high seed, go in there with confidence. Uh, hopefully, and in the higher seeds you get, it sets you up for a better yeah. road yeah. to that Final Four. Yeah, you know, you look at the Bearcats when they when they had their Final Four run back in the day. They just had great they just had great matchups that led to that final, final four game. And, and granted, they played excellent basketball. They had great leadership on that Bearcats team, but it was just a, it was a great path for them. And I think the higher seeds you get, it sets you up for a better path. So that's, that's my hope. And, but UC has to be very careful because they have a couple games coming up. They play uh, at Houston. Yeah. The, we got camp for you. Houston played us extremely tough at home. I remember that, yeah. Houston was up 18 in the first half. and Bearcats slowly chipped away and, and came back and won that. Houston's won their last three games since they played us, so at Houston will definitely be a, a tough one. And you know how it is, man. It's, it's just like with Xavier. Anytime you go on the road and play, especially the, the, the middle to lower teams in the league, it's
1: their, it's their Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right? going to treat it like, like you said. You're going to get the best of every team. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: and, and and the Houston fans will be there and they're gonna be loud and Houston's gonna be pissed off that they blew an eighteen point lead and <laughs> yeah. they swear they're gonna beat, you know, you see this game. So I worry about that game. If we're able to get past <clears throat> that game and play well, it sets the table for arguably the biggest game of the year, and that's a home game on Sunday versus Wichita State, which so I think everybody's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They started out pretty high, but I think they fell off for a little but they've been they did. they've been back. But yeah, Wichita State has struggled on the road, but I think
0: part of their struggle on the road has been their inability to guard. Like they do so well offensively, yeah. they're offensively talented. They have five guys who can give you ten to fifteen. Absolutely. Night. Yeah. But the, but you've got to guard on the road, man. And you, this is one. This is Mick Cronin's that, best defensive their, team. That's their
1: problem right now, actually. Guarding. Yeah. I think
0: Xavier scores, so we're going to talk about Xavier. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Yeah. We're, I know you well, I'll, to, I'll leave it to you, yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> give, give my Bearcats some love. Oh, yeah,
1: you see, yeah, their defense actually is pretty solid. I mean, people will say, like, their conference isn't that deep, but if you just look at their rotation, if you're a true basketball fan, you look at their defense rotations it, and their length is actually pretty unbelievable. Yep. It's one of the best in the country.
0: So, yep. Yeah. And I really would like, and this is no excuse here, but I would love to see the Bearcats and Musketeers play that game today. And I'm not saying that my Bearcats are far superior or we would win it's that different game. Team. Yeah. It, it's a different I think both teams have really matured in a lot of ways, yeah. um, and it would just be a very, very interesting game to see. I mean, you talk about uh, Xavier's offense is really good. I mean, with that two-man combo,
1: that's tough, and Gooden's playing well. Yeah, I would say Gooden, who's was averaging like four points at one point, just had 17. Yeah, him, so. he had
0: that he had that layup to, to seal it right. He got
1: fouled, he got
0: fouled. which it looked yeah. like he initiated the contact. You're going to be that Xavier I mean, fan. He and got fouled. <laughs>
1: He was just an arm guard, and everyone's like, making a big deal. So, do you,
0: you think that you think that defender for Creighton,
1: that he came through that space and hit? He went. He, he kind of went straight up, but his body moved. Okay. And then, if he did the good verticality, I'll give it to him. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. We'll 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 leave it at that. But so, right now, my Bearcats are projected as a number two seed uh, for the NCAA tournament. I'm hoping. We can continue to win some basketball games at Houston. Beat Wichita State at home would be huge to give us momentum to, to even get a higher seed. I mean, it would, it would take a lot, but if we could get a number one seed, wow, that would be It would be really cool when I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely – Don't say bad things about Xavier as much as you probably think I do, but I don't. But it would—how cool would it be to see UC
1: and Xavier with number one seeds? City would go crazy. It's already awesome what's going on now, but no doubt having two Cincinnati teams represent half of the one seeds. Yeah, I I agree,
0: and that would be that would be cool to see a crash course of those two programs to meet
1: with like Louisville, Kentucky being one seeds, UNC, Duke, but
0: and 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 and. You just brought up a good point. Something I want to get to. You look at Louisville and Kentucky. and Obviously, there, the the history between Louisville and Kentucky's you know unmatched. Kentucky basketball in general is such a phenomenon yeah. with them. But even Duke and North Carolina, like people just know that. I don't think, I don't think from a national standpoint, Xavier and UC it's get. Not, yeah, I don't think it's appreciated enough how it is. Oh, it's yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, Xavier has has been just consistently good for a long you know a long time and I, I even say this to you jokingly but for so long they were called mid-major program mid-major exactly. program and they got over that hump and there's just no doubt that when the when, when the musketeers hit the NCAA tournament you better be ready that's you're not playing a a Miami Oxford and I'm not it's not a knock on it, Miami but Miami's a mid-major yeah. program
1: yeah. Xavier is not that I showed last year as a eight seed, Got yep. all the way to the lead Eight, beating Arizona like yeah. Pac-12 champion. How about
0: that? Yeah, that that was that was crazy. Um, but it would be so cool to to see both programs make it maybe to the Final Four and play each other, and, and give some more, I think, um, notoriety to both both programs and in the, in the consistency that I think nationally, both of them don't don't get enough. There were some people. As odd as this may sound, some people don't know Xavier
1: is like in Cincinnati and this close to the Bearcats. I wouldn't be surprised. I like, just like the, because if you look at the alumni network of the Louisville and Kentucky's, it's just like on another level. Yeah. So I yep. know that's part of it. But I mean, I've been out west,
0: I've been in California, you know, different different parts of the west. Running them anywhere. <laughs> and And you see Kentucky fans, like people wearing Kentucky stuff everywhere, and you talk about, the Bearcats and, and Muskies and you know oh yeah 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 how are they doing Bob? exactly it's just not yeah. a like they're like a top top ten programs every year at yeah. some point so but uh, anyway so your prediction on the Musketeers the rest of the way here
1: uh so we got Seton Hall I'm pretty sure and Villanova those will be good statement games because okay. whenever they play at Villanova I don't know why but get beat by at least 25. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I think those will be good, like, show that, if they, especially Villanova, at least compete, keep it close. But I feel like they're on a roll now, different team, like you said, different guys stepping up. Right. Especially Canner. Hit that three against UC. Uh, so. yeah, you'd have to bring that up, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. how about him? Yeah. Did, did you expect him to come well, in? Well, I knew, and... like, because, and it's Canner. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, he's probably, like, pretty skilled, but he, like, carried him against Butler. He's, like, all of a sudden he's hitting jump shots all of a sudden. So, no. And, like, O'Mara, even, like, people pick on him all the time, even if you're a Xavier fan. But he stepped up big in the tournament, and he's been consistent all year pretty much. I
0: mean, his game versus Arizona. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm, you t- could, that he, brought so, him to the lead eight. Yeah. You, you could, uh, yeah. you could make an argument that he's yeah. the guy that was yeah. responsible for that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's and it's blew it. Blew it is. He is, I don't you might be too young to remember this, but when Carmelo Anthony played for Syracuse, Syracuse yeah. they won the national championship his freshman year. And the run that they had and the performance that Carmelo put on was unbelievable. And just the body type and the style of play blew it reminds me of what Carmelo was doing as a freshman like really? that type yeah that type of game I'm not saying that Blewett's Carmelo it's is going to but
1: yeah but I that mean, yeah.
0: is a very similar game and a style of, of scoring and 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 how he impacts a game I think Blewett if he if he does go off and, and, and catches that momentum like Carmelo like Steph Curry did at Davidson uh, like Kemba Walker did for UConn yeah. you know you take your a guy that's special and and, and
1: Trayvon Blewett is special. He could lead a team to a national championship. I can see it. And uh, it's weird because me and uh, my brother and I were talking about this the other day. Like, if Edmund Sumner gets, like, doesn't get hurt last mm-hmm. year, I don't think Blewett's like the player he is now. Like, obviously, he would still be good, but. That's interesting. Yeah, because like the huge run they won on last year is because of Blewett, how high yeah. he got, but yeah. how ball dominant Edmund Sumner was. Yeah. I don't think he would be. What, averaging like 20 whatever points he is right yep. now so yeah
0: and then when it, when everyone focuses in on
1: Blewett, it you you leave jp alone and J- he's uh P- he's the identity of the team yep yeah he's the x-factor blue like there's games where blue's not going but jp will just make one hustle play and that'll get the whole team going he it's cliche but he actually does bring the toughness to the team
0: and it's it's so weird because jp isn't like your normal xavier player like no. i've never seen anybody that's put on a, a musketeer uniform that that brings that kind of grittiness to the game. I mean, J.P. gets under people's skin. Yeah. Most of the time, Xavier players just kind of like, oh, I'm a play,
1: play. But of course, everybody talks trash and all that. To Holloway, talk more trash. Well, than anybody. Part, it's like honestly, part of the game. Yeah, yeah. That's how he it's, gets it's his it's advantage. What gets him going, and then getting people excited, like you said. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's that's what that's what makes uh, makes Xavier tough. Obviously, there'll be a tough out, and I think my Bearcats would be a tough out. So if if I think they, they could,
1: Final Four. If they yeah. meet, we need to have a bet set. We, did. we should go over our bets that we've made so far. Okay, I'll let you go ahead. First bet, Yep.
0: X, pounces on UC. <clears throat> you, see? You won the first bet last year, the Crosstown shootout. And then, what was the second bet? Second bet was you beating roger bacon
1: and i remember when you were training me that you told me that i would never sweep bacon you would never sweep bacon i did say that yeah because you had
0: bacon had pretty much uh dominated that series
1: freshman we split because on our what, i mean go ahead i'm sorry oh you mean like historically yes oh yeah yeah that's true but freshman year we split. hmm I'll let you know we hit the I hit the game winning free throw. I, I, you've told me this many I, a time. I texted you. They swept us the next two years. We yep. played them tough though. It wasn't like True. blew out every game and then this year we got this year we swept. You did, so I, I lost I lost that bet. But I'm gonna get it all back
0: <laughs> right now. And I'm predicting if my Cincinnati Bearcats I should say this. When my Cincinnati Bearcats make it to the Final Four, and if Xavier's they, lucky enough... When, when they meet, Xavier... When uh, they meet... All right, I'll, I'll meet you halfway. When yeah. they meet, my Cincinnati Bearcats will prevail. Gary Clark is a problem.
1: I'll let you let you go ahead. I'm just saying. Um, if somehow they do pull it off, I'll cancel out everything. Deal? Yeah. All, all, everything's everything's canceled. Everything's on the table. Okay. Out. That's a that's a deal. Yeah. But then when blew it, has another 20. Mikura gets Cronin going. <laughs> <laughs> they love each other. Yeah. I'm they th- sent each other Christmas cards. Did that, you know that? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was about to say. No, they didn't. There was no Christmas <laughs> card not, exchange. That's, that's not Christmas season when no. I saw. Yeah. There,
0: there's no Valentine's Day cards nope. being I don't, sent. I don't see it. No love. No. <laughs> um, all right. I have two more things, all right. and I, I want to keep this one short because I really loved hearing your, your breakdown of D3 basketball and all that stuff. That was great and talking college basketball. But I want to know your opinion being a high school kid. Will LeBron James end up next year in the purple and gold playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, Luke Walden, Magic Johnson, Showtime is back. Lonzo Ball, Big Ball brand. LeVar Ball sitting courtside. Will it happen?
1: So, with all the moves they made at first I was thinking like maybe the Cavs are preparing for without LeBron. Okay. They got younger, more athletic. You sure did. But they've actually been looking solid so if they, if they make a good run in the playoffs and maybe if they even like give a good fight to the Warriors, because I still think the Warriors would probably get it. Okay. Uh, LeBron might give it one more go around. But I think eventually, if he's going to go anywhere, I don't know what the whole Golden State thing was. He won't go there. But uh, No, I'm, that was. Yeah. I think L.A. will keep building. I mean, they're young, probably one of the youngest teams, and they've got some more recognizable names. I yep. think eventually he will. And when he does and he joins the big baller brand. That's right. It'll change the landscape. The I, I think you're right. Yeah. But I think if he is going to go to the team, or. Because you always hear how that's his dream, and then like Paul George possibly going there. Right. Like that. You do need some more like superstar star names there that LeBron would go there. Picture this LeBron, PG,
0: Lonzo Ball, Ingram, LeVar on the sideline. LeVar on the sideline. Jack Nicholson, he's over there. Golden State coming in with their big three or big four, whatever you wanna yeah. wanna call them. That is Big
1: in L.A. Showtime. Get, that is get them back on the map. <sighs> yeah. That's big time. That's yeah. big time hoops right there. And now, s- if someone was going to get them back on the mac- map, it would be LeBron, obviously. So no that, doubt. Yeah.
0: No doubt. Now, are you a uh, Lakers fan? Any NBA team? I'm okay, more uh, just
1: player guy. Okay. Just follow, follow, yep. follow some players. I think a
0: lot of people are like that. Yeah. For college,
1: obviously, team guy. but Right. Yeah.
0: I think, Yeah. There are a lot of – so when LeBron leaves and goes to the Lakers – all these people will shift to be Lakers' fans.
1: Cleveland will be wiped out yes. off the map.
0: Cleveland will be back yeah. to normal <laughs> yeah. where no one cares about Exactly. Cleveland uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Alright, I wanted to get your opinion on that. And then lastly, like I like to ask uh, the kids that come on the show, what do you listen to prior to the game, your warm-up music? Usually,
1: I usually stay the same. Some Travis Scott, I'm an Amigos guy. Culture two wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, <laughs> Culture one was by far yeah, the better Yeah, Culture was huh? good, and like I guess you, it's kind of hard to follow that up. Um, I'm not a big Jay Z guy. You should be. I mean, I will listen to like some Magna Carta. Okay. But like here, okay. here, and there, and then like there's some other ones. Um, but then some people don't know. Big country guy. So. I'll whoa,
0: think whoa, whoa! You like country?
1: Big country guy.
0: Are you serious?
1: If you go around the school. Ask anybody, they'll know. They hear in the Jeep, it's probably country. Wow. Yeah. Where did you get that
0: from? I don't know.
1: Like, is your dad a, Does he listen? Is your he, brothers? My dad has like sixty tapes and CDs that no one like. Did you just say tapes? Tapes. He still listens to tapes. Like, it, he's a. Yeah. God <laughs> bless your dad. He uh, <laughs> he likes to stay old school. Does yeah. he have a tape player in his car? He. I think he got rid of all of them, oh. honestly. But he, I remember like not like it would be rows on shelves, just of CDs and tapes. Because
0: yeah. if he still had a tape deck in his car and listened to tapes, I would to be surprised. I'm riding with him
1: Friday night. I would to be surprised. Go, we're gonna go pick up some chicks just driving some around. Some good cassettes or something like that. He'd probably have. Heck but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then like Zach Brown, okay, Darius Rucker, uh, Toby Keith, just all, all around the place. The I did not know this about you. No. Well, th- let me let me well, throw actually, something some some people you. do, but yeah.
0: Well, I, I didn't. Let me ask you this. Chris Stapleton. Are you familiar with Chris Stapleton? Not much, no. Okay. Go listen to him. I don't listen to a lot of country music. He's by far my favorite country music artist. Really? Yes. Album of the year. He had... Uh, Cri- uh, country Album of the Year. And, and I'm not familiar with all the other country albums, but I can't imagine anyone being as good as his. I'll make sure I'll show you is his he, album. Is he a new one or is he the kind of... He's been around for a little bit. Yeah. And he's actually from this area. Okay. Like he's not. I think he's uh, uh, from a little bit down, down further south. Okay. I'll hip you to him. But but our but so and, and our intern Will's not here today. That's so disappointing not having Will. I like hearing what Will has to say sometimes. He's such it. comic relief. Yeah, he's a good character. <laughs> he is a very good character. Yeah. He's uh, he's playing tennis right now. Yes. Yeah. That obviously that's his sport. Going to DePaul, but to start every episode and in every episode we always play uh instrumentals to one of my favorite rappers of all time and i want to know if you've ever heard of him big daddy kane
1: actually i i don't know like his music but uh one of my good friends like always talks about him so, really yeah that's a good keep that friend close yeah because like i don't he's like in like different like random like kind of off the scene rap rappers and he, he's one of the ones that he mentions
0: Ryan, Big Daddy Kane, before Jay-Z, I would say Big Daddy Kane was my favorite rapper. Like I would, I, I know every song, uh, up until a point he started making some albums like later, later on, but up until that point, every song, and what I loved about him was he was able to take all the different elements of hip-hop, had the dancing, you know, I'm all about the dancing. I'm all about the dance moves. He could rap. He had a DJ. Stuff you just don't hear today. Yeah. Like the elements today, like the Migos, it's just the Migos. Right? Yeah. There's no really like dance routines or anything. There's no DJ DJ scratching. But I advise you, as I do, I did this with Drew Huxable from Anderson who was on our show. Yeah. Try listening. I'm going to give you a couple of Big Daddy Kane songs. Try listening to Big Daddy Kane before a game or a workout. See how that works out for you. Different level? Different level. Different level. Big Daddy Kane will yeah. take you from here to here. So when you listen to uh, Darius Rucker, how do you say his last name, Ruckers, right? Yeah. Rucker, yeah. Rucker, yeah. Rucker, no uh, Hooting the Blowfish? You like Hooting the Blowfish? Yeah. I know. Okay. Yeah. So um, that gets you right here. Rucker gets you right here. Big Daddy Kane gets you here. Trying to step it off. <laughs> that gets you up here. Yeah, it's a whole nother level. You got back, uh, Huxwell got back to you yet on that, or he hasn't yet. You know, and um, we're gonna have a talk about that. Gotcha. <laughs> we're gonna have. A, I've got. I broke Will down. Will's starting to listen to Big Daddy Kane now. Will a uh, Bieber guy? Will is a big Bieber guy. Yeah. One time before a podcast, I came in here and and Will was watching Justin Bieber videos, and his face was like really close to the computer screen, and I'm like, bro, would you? back up? Why are you that close to the he had like a little bit of dribble of like yeah, <laughs> like so,
1: <laughs> you can see it? That yeah, sounds like Will.
0: Oh, we love Will. We're just messing with Will. So the song you're going to listen to is Big Daddy Kane, Cause I Can Do It Right. I Can Do It Right. Cause I Can Do It Right. Alright. Well, I we want to thank you for coming on the uh, Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast and I wish you well with deciding on your uh d3 choice here for for basketball and i'm sure you'll you'll do well you'll do really well in college because when you get to college you have so much access not that you didn't in high school but so much access to more to the weight room nutrition you know constant player development your game's just going to go up and up and you've got
1: four more years you're starting over yeah it's gonna be weird uh especially like four years on varsity just i don't know it's gonna be weird turning around. I'm looking forward to it. It's just gonna be a different scene and everything.
0: Yep. Yeah. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah. And then my Bearcats are gonna beat the Muskies in the All tournament. Right. Final four.
1: That's on.